Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios in Boston, Massachusetts, welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Smokin' Nicole. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my beautiful fiance, Smokin' Nicole, is here with me again. And as uh, always, we are joined by our good friend, Mr. Jay Davis, although this time, instead of causing a ruckus in the comments, he's here on screen with us. And it's not Saturday night. It's Thursday night, so it's not Spare Notes, which is where Jay has been known to hang out with us, but that's okay. He's on the main show tonight. It's a it's a beautiful night. We have a lot to talk about, but Jay, welcome to the Smoking Tobacco Show. Thank you for having me. You know, it's uh, it's been a long time coming. You know, we, we've, we've, we've wanted you on the show. You, you've very active on the spare note show uh we don't really do guests on that show though so this was about as close as you were going to get to being on the spare notes but i don't know maybe maybe someday i can i can convince coop like hey we got to do a guest and jay has to come on because i mean you're pretty much a part of that show at least in the, at least in have, the comments <laughs> you have to have me and carney and be a nice foils for each other <laughs> yeah oh yeah jay uh, could be the mascot yeah, <laughs> we'll get your silhouette on the background. I would <laughs> say, I don't know about this show, but I can say for a hundred percent certain, when it comes to the Spare Note show, I think Jay is our number one fan, um, hands down. <laughs> he's always there. He's always got something good to say. He's also like our our uh, our industry expert, you know, from a distance. When th- there's a lot of information, especially when it's like uh, like cigar politics and like PCA and stuff like that. It, Jay is always there to feed us good information. Um, but now you're actually here, so we can talk to you uh, face-to-face, uh, all bit virtually. Um, you are the proprietor of a shop called Blue Smoke of Dallas in yes, sir. Dallas, Texas. Um, but recently, uh, there's been some there's been some developments with you. There's some this maybe another lounge or something that's going on there. Well, what's that all about? So there is there's a lounge a couple miles from our store that opened about three years ago, and I knew some of the guys that started it, and it was called the Ash, and the idea was very different from a lot of traditional cigar shops, is that it was it's membership driven, so you have a members area that is you know, probably 80% of the sitting space. And there's also an outside area and there's 24 hour access. And the idea I think originally was the members would have special events. They would have the access and, oh, by the way, there'd be a a small retail section where people could sit and they could buy cigars. And due to COVID and other things, the the store just wasn't doing well. So I went went in with a group of individuals who were members and we uh, reopened the store, I guess, officially on Sunday. And uh, our focus is to provide even more um, benefits for our members. But also, I, I, it sounds may sound silly, but to have a full humidor that is properly humidified with proper temperature and everything. And we're believing that's going to make a big difference. Interesting. So you, uh, you've definitely got your hands... You definitely have your hands full. You get, you got a lot going on because on top of that, you're also a member of the board of the PCA. It's it's been a weekend, and somehow I got volunteered to join the board of the TXCMA, which is the the state of Texas um, retailer slash manufacturer board that deals with local issues. 
we've been I've been working with some people to get that resurrected. And somehow um, I'm the treasurer, which that scares me because I've never been a treasurer on a board before. <laughs> so uh, LinkedIn will be getting updated on that soon. So, yeah, it is, it's been quite a week uh, getting these various things together. But my main focus is Blue Smoke of Dallas. That's what puts food on the table. Uh, the Ash Social Club, I'm learning all about working with partners. And I'm, uh, I really enjoy uh, some of the aspects that they provide. It's, you know, it's nice that, you know, maybe you're an airline pilot or maybe you've had a long day at work and, the local cigar store is closed and it's one o'clock in the morning and you want to go have a smoke, you have the ability to do that here, which is very nice. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. That's something that I, I would find myself doing at that time. Be like, you know, it's one of the morning. I want to have a smoke. Who's around? Who's open? Uh, that would, I would definitely fall in that category. Um, and I haven't been to Texas yet. Nicole's been to Texas. Um, maybe this year we're coming down to that area. Um, it's still kind of up in the air, but when we do, a blue smoke of Dallas is the first place we're going, hands down. Yeah, for DE26? Um, no, McAuliffe I, Open House. The McAuliffe Open House, actually. Yes. I will be at that. Oh, nice. Well, then we will see you. But well, also, we're going to, no, and as much as I love you, well, Jay, barbecue is the first stop. I yeah. am so sorry. I, I will tell you this. The, the <laughs> highlight of the McAuliffe thing is not all the wonderful people who work there or the great food. But their sugar cookies are just out of this world. They made sugar cookies last year. My wife and I probably ate way more than we should have. Yeah, see, we have the – do you guys have crumble cookie down there? No. Uh, so we got this thing called crumble cookie where, like, it's, it's six cookies and they change every week except for the chocolate chip. And uh, it's a whole thing. So they only make these, like, five other cookies. Limited edition They're, like, cookies. limited for the week. And then at the end of the week, they're gone. And then they change and they do something else. So, like, we're always, like, we see the things come up. Like, ah, oh, these are the cookies. And we're like, shit. I gotta, I gotta, I have to try them. And then we end up getting sucked into that. And I feel like we bought cookies for, like, two months straight in a row every week. And we decided to diet. I was like, <laughs> we, so I, I said to her, I said, listen, <laughs> I said, I don't care. I don't care what they're making. I don't care if they make a cookie out of gold and it's only $3. Like, we're done. Like, I just, I, I, I can't. And I wouldn't call myself a cookie person, but I like an iced sugar cookie. And the only two places you can get it in town is Einstein's, which no longer makes them, and Starbucks, which no longer makes them. So it was an extra joy of seeing Amanda and Dan and um, all the great people at McAuliffe and that they had those cookies, too. And Dan Thompson's with us, as always. Thank you, Jay Davis, for reminding me to order us a private stash of cookies. <laughs> I'll take an extra dozen. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be selling them like Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> like, oh, I you know. Want, do you want some take home? Now I have more reason to come to Texas. I have to get sugar cookies. I have to get barbecue. I have to see everyone at McAuliffe. I have to see Jay, uh, which, well, either way, whether we go to Texas or not, we're going to see Jay because we're going to see Jay at PCA in July um, and including a lot of the McAuliffe staff. So uh, there is that to look forward to, too. Um so, Jay, let's start just a quick recap on you before we I really I want to expand on a couple of different things with you, because um, uh, you do have a lot of experience with a lot of different things in this industry. And also, we should mention that there is going to be a mystery guest because you already teased this. I did. I'm just waiting to get to hear back from him. Um, we don't know when he's coming on, but he's coming on. He's so. uh, he, I, the one thing I will I will add to the teaser is um, he is slightly older. I say that with love, nothing but love. Um, That's what you're leading with. <laughs> and he's 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 uh, admittedly you know, still working with technology, so I'm I'm hoping that you know he has no issues getting in. I know that he has some other things going on. And he's only going to make a quick appearance, uh, just to say hello. 
Um, and I don't know when that will be, but he has all the information. He told me earlier he would most likely stop by. Um, so we're just waiting for that. So at any point, the show could be interrupted because someone could be showing up. Uh, and the only people that know who it is are the three people here. So uh, I'm just going to leave it at that, and we'll see what happens. Um, but Jay, really quick, for those who don't know who you are, a lot of people do, but for those who don't, a quick rundown. Blue Smoke of Dallas, how long have you been in business? How did you? How did you? Um, how did that come to be? What what got you into, into starting your own shop? That whole so uh, whole thing. We have been in business for almost twelve years now, and uh, part of it was I used to go to the cigar shop when I was a financial planner, and I I like to go to a, a place that just gave me the ability to relax, and I wasn't finding exactly everything that um, uh, I really wanted in the local cigar shop as far as the selection of cigars and different things like that, and I really felt like um, I could maybe do better, which is, you know, kind of arrogant when you think about it. Um, but I was like, well, I could never probably do this. And then a local cigar shop owner uh, said he was considering selling his cigar shop. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. And I looked at his numbers and I thought, okay, we can do this. And then about, I think it was three days. Yeah, we're supposed to open, take over on Sunday morning. And on Wednesday afternoon, the guy says, oh, I want to raise the price $200,000. And I was like, oh, I don't have that kind of money. So uh, my brother, who was uh, helping with a little bit of the seed money, uh, we talked about it and said, well, why don't we just do our own cigar shop? And somehow I talked him into it. I think he probably regrets that in some ways. And we started from scratch. So that was very interesting. And uh, we really did not know what we were doing the first few years. But I think that's kind of typical when you open up any business. Uh, my biggest fear the first year was, you know, how do you um, use the price cut? How do you how do you put the prices on the, the different things? Because I had no idea how to do something like that. And I know it sounds silly, but at the time it was like, oh my goodness, uh, it was just crazy. Um, but what we wanted to do, which I think we succeeded is, we wanted there, there to be two types of cigars in our humidor. The cigars that um, you were looking for, and then other cigars that were very good that maybe you hadn't heard of. Um, you know, there are a lot of different cigars you could put in that category today. You know, most people have not heard of Jake White or they haven't heard of Dapper Cigars or maybe they haven't heard of Aventura or they haven't heard of All Saints Cigars. All they get great people brands. You know, and I think a lot of cigar shops, I think sometimes they want to go with sort of the, the safe thing, as it were. And um, we wanted to really give a different uh, option to that. And I think at that time, too. Back in 2010, there was really sort of a move towards what I'd call uh, boutique cigars. It was kind of like a little little baby boom. And uh, we thought, you know, why not? And it's been quite an experience. Um, we've had to find that balance between the cigars people have heard of and the cigars they might be looking for. And that's always a challenge to find that proper mix. Yeah, you know, it. there's a lot of different shops out there. And you know, I've traveled somewhat around I, I won't say everywhere you know i'm not like you know some of the reps or you know like carney you know carney touches like almost every state we used to every year but not so much anymore but you know and i've heard the stories from those guys you know going all over the world but you know i've been around enough where i've seen enough stores to see different dynamics right and there's stores that you know you walk in there if you want to make sure that they have perdomo padrone fuente 
Um, they have, you know, Drew Estate, all the classic hitters, and nothing else. There's shops like that. You could go into shops where they don't carry any of those brands. They only carry brands you've probably never heard of. And mm -hmm. there's shops like there's there's a shop in town here that is kind of like that, but they also specialize in Lanceros. So you walk in there mm -hmm. and they have like Espinosa and my father, and they carry a lot of Lanceros from those brands, and they get Tatuaje, and they got Regis, and they have all these. Some of the brands you may have heard of, but they also carry a lot of like Lanceros and like special sizes or like certain lines or blends that maybe are not so popular. Um, they're not as mainstream, and you'll see stuff like that. Um, then you know, then you'll go down to some shops and they're the Monte Cristo lounges, and they carry everything from Altadas and really like nothing else. Or it's a Davidoff store, and so it's interesting. And it, and I feel like every store you go into uh, is very unique in that way. And I think that the way that you have set up your business model with that is is, is unique too. You know, you have you have some you have the stuff that you're guaranteed to know, and then there's maybe something that you'll you'll discover and be like, oh, what's this brand? I, and and I and I appreciate that a lot because. You know, there are a lot of good brands out there. There's a lot of smaller brands out there that, you know, are trying to emerge. You know, you mentioned the few you mentioned, I know all those brands. Dapper, Jake Wyatt, All Saints, uh, what was the fourth one you said? Adventura. Um, all great brands. And um, there's still a lot of people I talk to like, Oh, I've never heard of that. What's that? Um, and they're great cigars. And it it's nice to see shops out there that, that make sure that they, you know, they give those guys their shot because that's, that's how they're going to get discovered. That's how they're going to grow. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've gone to Napa Valley a lot. I, I used to drink alcohol and I'm, I was always a big wine fan. In fact, I drink de-alcoholized wine, I guess that's what it's called. But I always liked going into a wine store and I would, I would just tell the clerk what I liked. And I said, well, you know, I like a good Pinot Noir, particularly from the Willamette Valley, or I like a nice um, white wine from the Russian River Valley, or I like this from this area of France. And then they could they could just pull up and show me two or three different wines I've never heard of. And I walk out of there when I open the wine bottle, I was so happy whenever it happened. And that's what I wanted to do was to curate, for lack of a better word, a cigar selection like that. You know, I had a gentleman that came in the other day and he said, I don't really care for Padrones. They're, they're a little too spicy for me, uh, but I like Aganorsa. So I recommended the Nicotina, which is a uh, cigar that Work makes, but it's made at one of the Aganorsa factories. Mm -hmm. And then I rec uh, recommended the Chinchale, which is made at Hostess's factory in the Dominican. So he comes back in, he says, I really like those. He goes, give me two more suggestions. So he reiterated once again, doesn't want a lot of spice. And I, it became pretty clear for me that he liked a cigar that had full strength, but didn't really have that that heavy uh, white pepper in the body. So we recommended a Casa 1910 and a Ferri Otego uh, Pan America in the Churchill size. And he loved both of them. And I love to be able to do that for people. You know, in the financial planning business, you'd make a good recommendation and somebody wouldn't really feel happy about it for six or seven years. But here in six or seven minutes, somebody can be pretty happy or unhappy if you make the wrong recommendation that because it's got to be what's suitable for their palate and also what's suitable for their what they want to spend that day yeah absolutely and that's a big part of it too and we don't have a lot of retailers on the show not purposely uh just kind of has kind of played out like that we've had uh kurt kendall who is a retailer but also you know has his brand 724 david garofalo who's been on here from two guys smoke shop and the cigar authority um you've been on here I'm trying to remember if we've had any other retailers. I mean, Abe's Maybe been Abe. on. 
Abe's been yeah. on, but he's always every time Abe comes on, we always talk about the Great Smoke, so we don't really get did into. Did you say Jeff already? I missed, or did I miss that? Who? Jeff Borschowitz. Jeff Borschowitz has been on. That's right. Uh, we had Gerard on from Mardo and Jake Wyatt. Um, we always kind of talk more about Jake Wyatt, though. So we don't have a lot of conversation with retailers on just that everyday experience of when a customer comes in, what that experience is like. And specifically in a cigar shop, because it is very different than oh. I would say. There, there's some there's some standard things that you would have in any retail. But then in the cigar business, there's also things that are very specific to it. Um, and, yeah, figuring out someone's palate, especially when they don't know what they're looking for, you know, and trying to navigate them through the flavors and profiles and the certain tobaccos that are on the shelf to find just exactly what they're looking for without them even knowing. Um, I never worked in the retail side of it, so I can't speak on any experience, and I won't even try to. Um, but I have to imagine that, especially in the beginning, you know, that's got to be a little difficult, trying to just figure out with someone, hey, I want a cigar that's not too much of this, and it's like this, and you're like, all right, well, let's try these four sticks, and if those don't work, then let's try <laughs> these four. Um, so, I, and that's and that's definitely a skill, and that's and I applaud retailers like yourself who who have that customer service ability. Well, thank you very much. It's it's not easy, and there are times you get things wrong. Um, you'll think that something is appropriate for someone's palate, and you'll miss. And that happens sometimes. Unfortunately, it's not like baseball. You can't hit 40% of the time, and that'd be considered a good number. But uh, if you can hit 90% of the time, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing that not a lot of people are – a lot of people do, and a lot of people probably don't. Um, if you don't know Jay, another thing that Jay does is he is a board member at the Premium Cigar Association. Uh, so if you do watch the Spare Note Show and you hear us talk about Jay – all the time every week we talk about jay and his comments and we read his comments um a lot of times you have a lot of insight from um legislative stuff stuff going on within pca that kind of side of the industry um how long have you been on the board now i've been on the board i guess i was elected last may and i came onto the board at the trade show in july so it's only been 10 months and how would you say your experience so far with that has been i uh, it's been a, it's definitely been a learning curve. Um, you, you come in with a perspective of, you know, you want to change the world and then you, you have to deal with the realities of, oh, wow. So these are all the facts. I think the, the biggest challenge is it's hard to, whether you're a retailer or a media member or manufacturer, if you don't look at what the, the options are, um, you seem to think, well, they can do this, they can do that. But when you start looking at the reality of, you know, what can actually be done, there's something as trivial as like, where are we going to put a trade show? You know, you have lots of ideas, but then when you start actually looking at the locations that work with the finances that are needed and different things like that and smoking exemptions, um, it shows you that there's there's a lot more detail sometimes that, you know, there's no reason to get into all the sausage making. But uh, I certainly appreciate a lot more of what the PCA uh, has to go through, and particularly the way they've been trying to change the direction of the organization, particularly since 2016. Because let's face it, from what, 1933 until 2016, the focus of the PCA or RTDA was to run a trade show and introduce new products. You, know, you go to the trade show in June or July, you'd order your products, you'd get them before Christmas, and you'd pay after Christmas. 
Well, now it's a much different world. You know, you have the internet, you have the ability to um, find out a lot of information about brands. You can order brands directly from companies. And then also there's a second mandate that's come up of dealing with the Food and Drug Administration and the other arms of the government when it comes to the regulation of premium cigars and non-premium cigars. And, you know, there's been a lot of money and resources spent over the last few years dealing with that. So I think that um, although the PCA could easily be criticized for a lot of the decisions they've made in the past, when you're kind of in, in their shoes and you see the information that's in front of them, um, it, it's very, it's a lot harder to be harsh on them. Um, that doesn't mean that every step that was made in the past was perfect, but understanding you know who these individuals are, they, they donate their time. Nobody's paid to work as a board member of the PCA. They still have their businesses to run. They have their families to take care of. So it's, um, it's taught me a lot of humility and understanding about where they're at. That being said, I'm not afraid to ask, well, why do we do it this way? And the board has been very open to me as a new member saying, okay, let's consider doing it Jay's way or Jay, this is why we don't think this makes sense. And, you know, you have a lot of personalities and a lot of opinions and there certainly isn't always consensus, which is good. Um, so I appreciate a lot of what the PCA is trying to do. They're, they're trying to protect our industry. So someone can come into your store and they can order, and they can buy some cigars and enjoy them and not be hassled with the government. And the PCA has done a good job of working with the CRA and the CAA to help make that a reality here in the United States of America. And then they're also working now abroad on some international things as well. Yeah, which has been nice to see. Uh, and there's been some other international stuff that's come up, but I haven't really seen much with it yet. We've talked about um, Cigar Rates of the World on the Spare Note Show and kind of you know, where are they at with that? And we haven't, haven't really heard much from that. Uh, it would be nice to see more. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's still a work in progress for those guys. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, but, yeah, the PCA has had a couple of um, had a couple of international summits already, uh, which has been very interesting to watch. Um, as a retailer, and especially, I mean, you're you're really part of the PCA. Um, I'm, I'm sure that you you bring up these things and you talk about PCA and and some of the things that, you know, that organization does, like you said, with FDA, uh, to your customers in your stores. There's a lot of retailers out there who really don't do that. Um, is there maybe something you could you could speak on or say to, you know, other retailers out there as to, like, hey, like, this is what you should also be doing, um, you know, when your customers I, are in your store to bring awareness? I think part of it is understanding that retailers come from a, a lot of different perspectives. You know, some people were... You know, maybe their parents own the store or maybe they bought into the store or a lot of people like me where they were in other industries and they they started fresh. And one thing that's a pretty common characteristic of entrepreneurs, I think, in general, and particularly people that own uh, cigar stores is they don't like to be told what to do. Hmm. So there there's a balance of, you know, you don't want to tell all your members what to do, but you want to be a, a sounding board. You want to be there to provide advice to make suggestions of good practices. And sometimes that's met with resistance. Sometimes people don't want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, that's true. And you always have to be ready for that. Um, not everyone's going to agree with everything you say. Not everyone's going to like everything you have to say. Um, you just kind of have to roll with it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll talk with a retailer and, and they'll be like, well, I don't really want to pay $400 a year or $600 a year, depending upon the number of stores. To go there, um, I just I don't want to go to the trade show. It's it's pointless. 
And I just sort of backed them up and talked to them about well, the benefits of when you go to a trade show, the, the interaction that happens, the networking, uh, developing relationships, uh, enhancing those relationships, um, you know, getting a good deal or getting access to a cigar is only part of it. And uh, a lot of people don't see the value add. And I think that sometimes is short-sighted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what would you say so far, um, whether it's on the front end with the customer service or it's on the back end, you know, and now that, you know, you have the, the lounge too, uh, what has been your biggest struggle uh, that you still haven't been able to fix or you still haven't been able to overcome, but you're, you're, you're still working on that, you know, you've experienced so far in this, in this industry for you as a, as a retail owner? Well, me personally, as a member of the PCA, or or me as a uh, as a board, what's our, the biggest frustration I see? No, just as a uh, as a store owner, separate from the PCA. Like just in like you know your your everyday you know running the business and whatnot. What what has been the probably the most challenging thing for you? I I love coming to work every day. I, there's there's not really many challenges. Um, the biggest challenge is just to, to keep people happy. Sometimes, you know, you do work in retail. Sometimes people are in um, a bad mood or they've had a rough day. And your goal is to figure out whether there's somebody that they want your attention and they want you to talk to them or if there's somebody that they want to just be left alone. Um, in a lot of ways, you're kind of like a bartender and a therapist as well. You, you've kind of kind of figure out where people are at. But I like I like meeting people, people I've never met before, and I like seeing old friends. So for me, there's there's not too many challenges. I, you know, I think the biggest challenge is that I that I see is I don't like what's happened with cell phones. And I mean, obviously, I'm on my phone all the time. But it, when I first opened, when people came into a cigar store, it was very easy to have people interact. And now people, you walk into a room and there's ten people and they're all looking at their phones. And that's a uh, that's a challenge. I don't really like that. It takes away from that that live social aspect of being in a lounge. Yeah, and that's something that I think that you saw more of in I'd say pre two thousand twelve. People were much more willing. They they came in with the perspective that um, they were going to um, hang out. They were going to socialize. Um, you still get a little bit more of that in, in sporting events, uh, you know, like if there's an NBA game on or an NHL game or a baseball game, and there's a lot of going back and forth about how players are doing, the, the strategy of the teams, things like that. So that's fun. But it drives me crazy when I come into my store and there's 10, 15 people and they're all on their phone and they're not communicating. So, of course, what I do is I try to figure out who I can talk to and, you know, let's talk about some things. You know, whether it's what you're watching on TV or sports or a book you've read or, you know, things that you're interested in, doing your best to avoid the taboo topics of religion and politics, which ultimately a lot of conversations end up there anyways. Um, but that it's really there's not really a big challenge. I mean, I think owning a cigar store is like owning a record store or a bookstore. You can't be in it because you want to get rich. I mean, yeah, there's a there's a few people on the, the fringe, you know, I would say like you know, Abe and Dave Garofalo and Jeff Borschwitz, they're kind of, they're at the upper end of our industry. And even they're they, the, they're uh, the kings of the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, you know, Abe has a different, he has a different job than I have. He really does. Yeah. And Jeff's growing, you know, tobacco and 
Garofalo is, you know, he's, he's running Big a cigar house. company as well. Yeah. So I think a lot of it for us, it's, it's not about the money. I mean, I have a, I have a law degree. I, I can go back to practicing law or I can go back to being a financial advisor, but I love going to work every day and I have a passion for what I do. Uh, when I'm not working, I'm watching shows like this, or I'm reading articles about different cigars and I'm, I'm talking with people about cigars. I mean, it's obviously not the only thing in my life, but it's a very important part of my life. And I think if you're uh, going to do anything in life, you have to sell out. I mean, and I don't mean sell out in the sense that you give up your principles. But, you know, for example, when I was a financial advisor, I watched Bloomberg every morning. Um, I listened to Bloomberg surveillance and I read Barron's and I read the Wall Street Journal and I read the London Financial Times and you know, anytime that I could go hear a portfolio manager or an economist speak, I would use that information to educate myself and help my clients. And I've kind of done the same thing here in the cigar industry. Absolutely. So, uh, Jay, that was very nice what you just said. And I, I was listening and I was paying attention, but I'm not going to lie. I got, I got distracted. And then I, 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 it's not that I tuned out. But while you were on that whole thing, um, I don't know if it was delayed or we just saw something on the fundraiser from 15 minutes ago and it didn't update right away and now it's here. Uh, and since it was posted all publicly, uh, I feel like it's safe to announce this because it wasn't posted anonymously. Um, we are currently up to $9,380 raised and uh, this is just this is very uh, fortunate that we're in this position because uh, we have to thank Jay Davis. Uh, Jay just made a donation of fifteen hundred dollars to the fundraiser, um, and that is just I I don't, don't have no much words. to say. I mean, you weren't supposed to see that till after the show. <laughs> well, I, I, we pay attention. What do you want? Like, <laughs> we're in tune to like everything, so. <laughs> wow, Jay, thank you so much. Really, I mean, you've been so generous. I mean, yeah. that that Daniel Marshall said that you donated that is up for grabs. I mean, that is a very, very generous donation, and it's a very beautiful donation. I mean, that was we were going through. That. I was like, wow, this is badass. I mean, that's probably one of the top prizes in the whole raffle. I mean, and that includes all of the Fuente stuff, the the blend your own cigar experience that LFD put in there. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff, but that was it is certainly at the top. Uh, and if you don't know what it is, you really need to. And Jay, since you're here, it, for those who don't know what that is, can you explain what that set is and why it's so special? And if you don't know what this is, listen to Jay and go look it up after because it is up for grabs and it is badass. You you want this? Well, as as some people may or may not know, Daniel Marshall is one of the premier, if not the premier humidor um, maker in the world. And uh, he also makes uh, some very good cigars. And he wanted to do something special for his 38th anniversary, 38th anniversary. And Carlito uh, agreed to make a cigar for him, which that's very, very, very rare. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure of anyone that Carlito Fuente and his family make a cigar for other than the Newmans, where they don't have a financial stake in the company that they're making the cigars for. Um, but that just shows you the love that you can you see in this industry between two manufacturers. And Carlito also graciously allowed Daniel to have one of his 24 karat gold cigars in that, that package. 
And but it, the cool thing is, it's kind of like, and wait, there's more. It's like one of those commercials, you know. In addition to the the eight <laughs> fabulous cigars, uh, okay. there's all kinds of things that you get. You get like a special little ashtray and a cutter. Uh, there might even be a lighter. I can't remember. There was so much stuff. I was overwhelmed. I like was grab it. Um, and you know, you also get to join uh, Daniel's Club, uh, the Fireside Chat Club, or I probably just got that name wrong, but. You know, uh, Daniel had, you know, Daniel is very much like Carlito in the sense that he loves the history and he talks a lot about the history of the campfire, you know, whether it's, whether it's ghost stories or making s'mores or getting drunk or just hanging out, you know, there is something in the cultural, uh, zeitgeist about, um, you know, sitting around a campfire and fellowshipping that is very similar to, and I think part of the rich history of tobacco that goes back thousands of years. Uh, in China and other places. And I think that uh, he and Carlito just resonated on that. So his goal with this set was to just really give smokers uh, something rare. Uh, those those were only made really for very high-end stores. Uh, we weren't carrying that. And actually, I'd approached Abe when I was down at the Great Smoke, and I said, hey, I'd like to buy this from you. I'd like to donate this for charity. And Abe being Abe's like, well, that's great. I'm happy to take your money. But he goes, why don't you just call up Daniel Marshall and see if they'll, they'll, they'll send you one. And so I um, reached out to uh, Cyril Caselli, who's the president of Arturo Fuente. And Cyril's like, just give them a call. Well, I gave them a call and they're like, oh, you're the guy that Cyril was talking about. How many do you want to buy? And they really rolled out the red carpet for me. And I bought a couple of sets. I bought a set that we sold at the store and then the, the set for you guys. But I wanted to give some something uh, special as a gift. Um, I mean, me personally, I could care less if I win any of the the gifts. I mean, when you've been to the foundation, and I've been blessed to have gone to the foundation many times, you know, it's just, you know, it's just something that you just want to give back and help out. And the cigar industry, I think, in general, is very charitably inclined. Um, you see almost everyone in the cigar industry involved in things that they're passionate for. I know Arturo Fuente had a day of global impact in several places in the world where they were giving and helping local charities in honor of Carlito's birthday. I know the Padrone family has a foundation. I know that uh, CLE Cigars has a foundation. Uh, there are many, many other uh, things that are done. I know Luciano of Ace Prime, he has, I don't know if it's a foundation, but I'll call it a foundation, where he helps families in Nicaragua who are having troubles making ends meet to take care of them. So there are so many people that are charitably inclined in this industry. You know, Pete Johnson's done a lot uh, with Rottweilers and, and, uh, and I know I'm also involved with uh, giving money to a charity that the, it's very close to Bobby Newman's heart of Southeastern guide dogs, where they, they train dogs for people who are blind or are disabled veterans. And um, they, I don't believe they've ever had anyone take their life um, after they've been given one of these dogs. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure if you had Dan Thompson, I mean, my goodness, I can't keep track of all the terrible things that Al McAuliffe and those corporations do. So for me, having been a part of the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, having gone to the, see the school in the Dominican Republic, having visited the houses of these people and met these men and women and children, you can't but not want to give back um, a little bit of the money that, that you make. I wish I could give more. Uh, I remember looking at the totals for the week, and I was thinking, well, I'd like to get them over 10000 And you know, the logical part of my brain said, okay, you can only give so much. 
And then when Rally put their little fee on there, I'm like, okay, so I can do this. And um, I'm excited that uh, for anybody that wants to give, you know, give, give of a pure heart. Don't give because you want to win a gift. If you want a gift, great. Who cares? Um, but you can make the difference in whether or not someone has clean water for the day, whether or not uh, someone's children can be educated. And instead of their goal in life becoming a drug lord in New York City, they can become an accountant or a nurse or a doctor or an architect. Um, and they can achieve in the Dominican Republic, which uh, things that are normally not available to a lot of people. Yeah, we uh, we had Cynthia with us last Friday. We did a Fuente Friday special episode uh, and her friend JJ uh, was, was staying with her and she had him come on and he's been with them since the beginning. I don't, I'm not sure if you know him. Um, I know JJ very well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and so JJ was telling uh, kind of the, the story of the origins too. And, and when they, they first saw these kids, one of the things he said was, you know, they saw these kids and, the, and their bellies were so big and, you know, they, they literally found out it was like parasites from like the, the water and the stuff that, you know, they had around it cause they didn't have good, like you said, they didn't, they didn't have a good, you know, ecosystem that they lived in. And so it was like, wow, we got to help these kids so they can, you know, also be healthy too. Um, cause they just, they don't have, they don't have, they didn't have that down there. You know, it was, yeah, I mean, they had nothing. The rich people have something besides dirt in, on their floors. Um, they might have wood floors, uh, but you know, a lot of people, they just have dirt floors and, and, you know, it's an interesting irony in life. A lot of the water has been polluted because of strip mining that was done in that area of Banal, which is a very poor area of the Dominican Republic. And I believe that a lot of those minerals in the strip mining have, the, have that unique flavor to the, the Fuente, Fuente Opus X cigar. And, you know, the Fuentes have always been charitably um, inclined for years and years and years. They gave St. Jude's. And then when they were told they couldn't give anymore as a company, they still gave personally. And, um, you know, after the, the planes at the towers, um, and Carly would know the specifics on this better than I would, but I want to say they sent somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 or a thousand cigars in New York city. And they were hundred dollars a piece. And they asked the retailers sell these for a hundred dollars and then give a hundred dollars back. And they presented a check to Rudy Giuliani. And I think that's when they realized they really had something that, um, with Opus X that they could raise money for charity that opened the door for when they built the school. But uh, I believe the first time they really saw the power of that for charitable giving was after September 11th. You know, you, you bring up a good point. Um, if you're a cigar smoker, you've heard of Opus X. I mean, you know the logo. You've probably seen it. You've probably seen these beautiful boxes um, online or in retailers. And, you know, whether, you, whether you're a fan of Fuente, whether you're a fan of Opus or not, um, it's more than just the cigar. Uh, there's a reason why. Fuente Fuente Opus X is special, and, and, there's, and there's many reasons. One, it was the first Dominican cigar that was all Dominican, a Dominican wrapper. It was something that people told Carlito, yeah, you'll never, you'll never do that. It's been tried. You can't do it. Uh, someone told Carlito one time, um, you know, you're a great cigar assembler, but you'll never be a good cigar maker because you can't grow wrapper. And that aided him, and he, and he kept going until he, he made that cigar. Um, you know, fast forward, you know, like you said, then they see the, what they could do with this cigar and they've done, yeah. oh, and here we perf are. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. All righty. Let me see. And that is not, that is not him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Hold on one second. Where is he? I really like that good looking guy. Ah, there he is. There's the guy. There's the guy. We were just talking about him. Uh, his ears must have been burning. Uh, Carlito Fuente is with us live on the show. I don't know if he can hear us. I don't know what's going on. He looks like he's a little far I'm away. I'm going to get a little closer because I'm having uh, difficulties. We're not, we're not technicians here. Got, uh, <laughs> no. There's a couple of cigar makers and everything, but you know what? I just told him, go back to his cigar making table. He's got much more sophisticated iPhones than I have, but... Listen, I just want to reach out to you, Matt, and of course, Nicole, and I know you have a very, very special friend of all of us, uh, J.R. Davis. Andy R., I'm going to keep it a secret, but I know what it is, but I just want to say hello to everybody. I really thank you for everything you do for not only the industry, but also for the foundation and the children, and when I heard that Jay was going to be on, there's no one that has been more involved for so many years and gives so much from his heart than Jay Davis. He's an incredible person. And uh, he just builds such a great following. Everybody that I speak to and everybody who mentions his name that knows me, that maybe I know him and everything just tells me he's unbelievable, his service, and it's just a place, you know, if you, if you have a serious, serious illness, you find the best doctor in the world. A lot of people, you know, they go all the way to Dallas to find Jay. So I'm very grateful to be his friend. <laughs> Very blessed. Carlito, uh, j right before the show, uh, Jay made a, a donation, and the fund rate, we are currently, we're knocking on the door of $10,000 raised oh, for Cigar That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And it, and it doesn't come in a better time, you know, through the pandemic and so forth. I have not traveled. Most of all our events have been postponed, and I say canceled, but, you know, income, you know, has also been postponed. So this really means a lot, and it's something that, it's been built by cigar lovers and people who are associated with the industry, you know, big hearts. And it's something that's just amazing. It's something that to me is something that, um, it's, 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 it's my, it's my greatest joy. And it's just, when you see the outcome, what has happened, uh, children who were looking, you know, for work when they were sick out of eat that day are now professionals, entrepreneurs and everything. And it just keeps getting better and better. And the neighborhood, which was one of the most violent neighborhoods in the entire Dominican Republic, where there were no schools, uh, no medical facilities or anything in the local villages, uh, today is, you know, it's just changing. You know, it's becoming like a Hershey town, little by little. But it's something that, you know, we've, we've all done this together. And I'm very grateful for all the contributions, not only of the people who are, 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 you know, getting the raffle tickets, which are cigars that are amazing, that are not sold and everything, but also the generous contribution of so many of my colleagues and my extended family and so forth. And especially both of you, Matt, I really appreciate that you taking this uh, initiative and of course, uh, your lovely Nicole and everything you two are special and very, very special friends to me. And of course, all my friends. Yeah, I mean, it, absolutely. We're, we're, we're just honored to be a part of it. Uh, it, it is special, and it, right before you came in, we were we were talking about we were talking about Opus X and how and how special that brand has been, and and how you know it, it's been able to, you know, it's a great brand, it's a great cigar, but it's also been something that has been a useful tool. Oh, you're talking cigar. about cigar. I I was getting closer to the microphone because I thought I heard open sex. So, <laughs> so I was getting closer. Let me hear more about this. <laughs> No, no, no. We're talking. We're talking about this. We're talking about this. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Um, it's, it's got a similar. It's got a similar uh, experience. <laughs> Give you a similar experience, I believe. That is true. Agree. Well, well my know. friends. 
I'm going to let you go. Uh, I know that uh, you have a lot more conversation with Jay. Uh, I just stopped one minute. I'm in the middle of an activity. And I just want to say, sending big hugs, my love to all. And again, thank you for all your generosity and your big hearts. Thank you, Carlito. We love you very much. Thank you for stopping thank by. We love you, too. You be well. Take care, my brother, Jay. See you around. Bye, Carlito. Bye-bye. Oh, oh, I just... Oh, no, and she hung up on Jay. Oh, shit. You need to tell him to hop back on. Now, however, while Jay is reconnecting, here we go. There we go. Hopefully, we don't have any audio issues now. Yes, is in the green. We gotta add him in. I know. Sorry, Jay, I booted you out too. (laughs) (laughs) I was giving Carly the boot. (laughs) Booted by Carlos P. Fuente Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, there it is. There, there, there's the mystery guest. Uh, Mitch, Mitchell called it. Um, or no, Mitch, no, Mitchell said Jose. It was Mark who called it. Uh, Mitchell said Carlito was too obvious, and then he said, "I can't believe he opened with saying he's." Old. I didn't say he was old. I said he was older. I mean, he's. I think he's just turned sixty-eight last week. I mean, yes. getting there. Now he still got spring in his step. I'll, now I'll, I'll, you know, say that while we're talking about it should we make the announcement yeah so w- while it's here uh, we're going to circle back i'm going to show the daniel marshall set that that jay had, has given us because nicole went and got it but um you know wrapping up what we were saying before carlito came in was you know that like jay was kind of touching on it. opus x has also been special um because it has been a useful tool uh for arturo fuente to use to help raise money for not only cigar family travel foundation but um other charities that they give to as well. Now, in addition to Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, there is something called the Fuente Family Foundation, uh, which is something that they use to channel donations to other charities, such as St. Jude's, uh, the Boys and Girls Club uh, that they have given to. Um, So there's been a few announcements that are going to be made tonight. Um, The raffle and the fundraiser was supposed to end in four days, 21 hours, 54 minutes, and 46 seconds. Uh, that would have been Tuesday night at 7 p.m. However, the fundraiser has been extended two weeks. Uh, there will be an additional two weeks added to the timeline. For a good reason. And the reason is because Cynthia reached out to me today and told me that Carlito wanted um, her to, to speak to me about the possibility of extending it uh, so we can have a little bit more time to raise just a little bit more money. And so we we came up with uh, we came up with a plan of, of an additional two weeks. Uh, Carlito has also said that in addition to every dollar that we raise, uh, when it does end, you know, if, if the bottom line is fifteen thousand or whatever it is, uh, the Fuente Family Foundation is going to match that on top of what we raise and double it to the final total. How can we say no to that? We couldn't wow. say no to that. We're, and 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 Jay has already graciously brought us almost to the door of ten thousand. So, if you use your imagination, at, at minimum twenty thousand. At minimum, yeah. as it stands, we are at almost twenty thousand dollars raised to Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. So it was for a good reason, because um, I know everyone's like so excited for it to end, but. Um, and I did the, not know. The, I didn't expect this no. today, and we didn't know. And but the main point is that we are raising money for this wonderful charity, um, and on top of that, we are getting. I wish I had a drum roll, but more prizes added <laughs> as well. So Cynthia has graciously offered to donate some additional prizes 
um, to also help extend this raffle for another two weeks. So and now there's even more. So right now, I think as it stands, we have like 43 prizes to win in total. So now we're going to have more. <laughs> yeah. So and, she, and she's donating things from her personal collection. Yep. Um, so I'm supposed to get that update from her uh, tomorrow. We yep. will see uh to, to what it is and whatnot we'll, we'll get that information to you and we'll get it on the um on the raffle page um as soon as we can but uh, that those are the three big things that have changed um and you're hearing it here so for the first the time and, and jay being here and, and carlito stopping by this is a very special night um and it just i'm just really blown away today i mean this has yeah. been a big this has been <laughs> the probably the biggest day in the fundraiser in so many different ways to date uh, and we've been live for what, like 40-something yep. days now? Yeah, we did six weeks of charity time. So um, Tony just said he got here late, so please recap. So super quick, we are extending um, the raffle for two weeks um, because – I believe what's the, uh, remind me the name of the foundation, their personal, it's just the Fuente family foundation. Yes. Okay. So the family, uh, the Fuente family foundation is going to match our donations because of that. Um, and we also have additional prizes. So it is now going to end on May 24th. So two more weeks, nice. um, of fundraising, but, um, it's all for a good cause and that is what matters. So, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been, um, you know, when we did this last year, you know, it was special and it was fun. We raised $7,000. Um, it was really nice. We went down to Tampa like literally days later and we all presented the big check, the big check to <laughs> Cynthia, which she's already asked me. She's like, are you coming with the big check again? Cause like, I think she's a little disappointed. We're not sending her the big check. <laughs> and I'm like, we'll still do the big check. It might not be like right, right away, but like, cause last year kind of worked out that way, but we'll, we'll still come with a big check. And she's like, all right, I think she wants the big check. She wants so the photo up now. yeah, well, I don't blame her. It's a good time. Um, so yeah. So, but I mean, guys, seriously, this year has been so special and, and, to have all this happen on the day that Jay is with us, I mean, um, Jay, really, having you on tonight, you know, it, this was this was planned months ago. I had you scheduled. But just the way everything worked out, uh, it, it, it's really special to have you here tonight. Just for, You've been so generous to this in, in multiple ways. We really appreciate that. Uh, in my conversations with Cynthia today, you know, she kept mentioning Jay Davis, Jay Davis. we got to have Jay Davis. I go, Jay Davis is coming on the show tonight, actually, just by chance. And that's how the schedule was. And she's like, oh, my God, Jay knows so much about this and can speak so much to this. Um, so, really, just it, it's special. It really is. It's special all around. And, and, Jay, really, again, just thank you for being here for all this. I know it's it's kind of not like your standard interview where we talk all about you the whole time. There's been so many things um, that have gone on here, but I just, I appreciate you, you putting up with it and being here. So thank you. Um, but th those are the announcements that we wanted to make in terms of the fundraiser and the timeline will be updated after the show. Um, but Jay, I I've kept you over there in silence for too long. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited because my over under was 25,000. So I think we're, we're going to hit it. I think I think so. Yeah. I think so. And and Jay did call that in the first week, uh, twenty five thousand. Carney said fifteen to twenty. Uh, he wasn't too specific, but he had a little bit of a range. Jay was like, no, twenty five thousand. So and I, I I really think we'll probably hit that with the with the matching. Obviously, yeah, I think we're, I think we're going to hit that. So very very excited. Very very excited. That's very special. Um, yeah, so a cool thing for for, peop for people that sometimes people are concerned if they give. Like 
we'll we'll do we'll raise money for the charity at at, a, at the store and basically they give money to the store and the store makes a donation. But the cool thing about using Rally Up is that the actual payment goes to the foundation, and that's why there's some processing costs to make sure that it all gets there. And obviously, every single dollar is uh, goes there because the Fuentes and the Newmans underwrite all the administrative costs. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a good point, and th and thank you for saying that too. Um, there was there was there was one person who asked us about the administrative costs um, on Rally Up, and you know the reason is yeah, I mean it's it's a, it is a service, and they have to make money off of it, but and we appreciate everyone still donating, you know, with that. Um, but it is linked directly to the the yeah we don't have access yeah. to the money so basically just so you guys all know how this works is you know we we built this whole thing um but we also worked with the, the foundation um they are directly tied so when it does end and that money is released it goes right to them we don't even touch it it's 100 yeah. percent right to them they get every dollar from this so whatever that whatever number there is there at the end that is what's going into their pocket uh for everything that they do um, which is amazing. So thank you for everyone for for donating and and for paying for those for those fees too, um, because it, it just it helps keep the whole thing going. Um, we really appreciate that. So um, I know I know you grabbed this. I I, I feel like this this there's so much has happened. But I, if you want to just show it really quick, um, why don't you show it since I'm answering a question to oh, someone okay. in the chat? But um, I mean, definitely show it because it just took me like five minutes to dig it out of all of our prizes. It was like at the very bottom. So, so Jay, I'm, I'm just going to pull this out really quick. I'm going to show the humidor. Um, so this is the humidor from the Daniel Marshall collection. Now, this is the 38th anniversary. If I'm, Is that right? Is that what it's mm -hmm. called? Yes. I'm going to open this up. I did not realize that all that was in there right on top. But that's okay. I'm going to pull that out. Alrighty, and here. I mean, just look at the wood in that humidor alone. Amazing. It is just, it is beautiful. And you got that that twenty four karat gold cigar. Sorry, backwards, right here. That is amazing. Have you smoked that cigar, Jay? I have not. I I've heard people say they know people who have. It does burn, and it's quite the experience. Um, and I believe. I mean, Daniel... I've smoked one of them. Oh, you have. It was a different. I've smoked a gold cigar from Daniel Marshall, but I think that's a different blend. Okay. Is that the one from the box where they're all gold? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't had that one either, but I, I've, I've seen, I think, I think actually, I think Abe had those in the vintage room when we were all at uh, Great Smoke. I think I saw those. Um, and if I remember correctly, Daniel actually rolls the gold on that one himself. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I, I think he does. I think Nicole looked it up um, after. It well, the description says that he rolled it. Huh. Or yeah. Interesting. And so it actually, your your retail price on that is quasi accurate. The suggested price is fifteen to sixteen hundred in the United States, but in London and in Europe, the retail price for that box is three thousand euros. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Very beautiful. Comes in this this nice velvet sleeve bag just folds right open the boxes inside um it's been very well kept um just really amazing and like jay said there's also other pieces to it there's um there's a cutter there's a lighter there's some branded daniel marshall and carlito um cedar sticks for lighting uh that come with this as well uh gold cutter 
I will try to dig out of here. There we go. Really nice. Everything is 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 inscripted with uh, Daniel Marshall, Carlito. Just really, it's just, it's a beautiful set, and, and and you know, thank you for being patient with us, Jay. I just I really wanted to show this. It was so beautiful uh, and so generous of you. I uh, just I wanted to show everyone and, and let them know because um, it, it is awesome and it, it's it's it, it is really cool. Um, and I I had never seen it myself, so I just wanted to show that. And there's a lot of other pieces here, but um, I'm just going to put this off to the side for now. Uh, but, Jay, really, again, thank you so much for that. Um, and guys, seriously, that's it's, it's just such an awesome set. Um, where do we even go from here, Jay? I don't even know. I mean, this is not like <laughs> spare notes. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like this show has just taken such a turn. <laughs> well, you know what? We got so caught up, we didn't do segments we didn't yeah we didn't do so our segments we do have a little bit more we can dive into uh let me uh just grab something here um uh, there it is all righty our new segment this week is once again brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today, you can sign up to be official McAuliffe Ambassador, where you'll get your official ambassador number, ambassador coin, and while you're at it, head over to Facebook, where you can join the McAuliffe Ambassadors Facebook group. You can smoke along and chat with all of your fellow ambassadors at McAuliffe Cigars. So this week, uh, today, this isn't up on SmokingTobacco.com yet, but it will be. Uh, J.C. Newman celebrates 127 years with the Cuesta Ray number, five, number 95 Cameroon. These special cigars are an El Relo factory exclusive. Because Julius Caesar Newman founded his cigar company on May 5th, 1895, today is J.C. Newman Cigar Company's 127th anniversary. In celebration, J.C. Newman is releasing the new Cuesta Ray No. 95 Cameroon Cigar as an exclusive at its historic El Relo Cigar Factory in Tampa, Florida. Fourth generation owner Drew Newman explains, After the Cuban embargo was imposed in 1962, my grandfather, Stanford J. Newman, scoured the world for new types of tobacco. He discovered exquisite African Cameroon wrapper and was the first premium cigar maker to use it in the United States. Um, these cigars we do have. Um, I should have grabbed them. I kind of forgot about it, but we, we have a few already that they sent us. Um, I haven't smoked them yet. I am a Cameroon fan. Jay, uh, Cameroon, yay or nay? Well, Cameroon is my favorite wrapper. Uh, I was going to ask you, um, is that actually... Is that being rolled in Tampa? Good question. Actually, let me look. Because um, currently, the the Questory 95 is made at uh, the Fuente factory in the Dominican, but I think they might be uh, making their own Questory in Tampa, so I think it's different from the existing one that's on the market. Questory number 95 Cameroon is handmade in J.C. Newman's historic Arrilo fact Cigar Factory in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida. It is a six, uh, six and a quarter by 42 cigar that retails for 15 Fifteen dollars per cigar. Beginning today, J.C. Newman is selling this special cigar in limited edition packs of five as a factory exclusive. Cigar enthusiasts who visit J.C. Newman's cigar museum, take a factory tour, or attend a special event at its El Relo factory will be able to enjoy this very special cigar. Nice. Yeah, very nice. And, and earlier this year, I know, right? Well, earlier this year they did um, what's the pirate festival? Is it Gasparilla? Is that what it's called? Mm hmm. Uh, they did a they did a cigar exclusive for that that was also just available. Uh, I think it was it wasn't a factory exclusive, but it was a Tampa exclusive. You could only get it in the city of Tampa, um, which they did earlier this year. So they they've done a couple of these already, but um, we have a few of those cigars. So I'm excited to try. We we were saving them for 
the announcement. They were supposed to make the announcement a little while ago, but uh, it, it got pushed out a little bit. But um, so really excited to try those and check those out. Um, and that's going to be our new segment for the week. And like I said, there'll be more on that. Informa- if, you're, if you're interested, there'll be more information. There'll be a full article on SmokingTobacco.com uh, later on. Um, it just We didn't get it up right away today, uh, but I figured I'd share that on the show. So there is definitely that. Um, Jay, really quick, while you're here, we're talking PCA. Uh, we're getting into that pregame season for the PCA trade show. Um, as a retailer and as a member of PCA, what are some of the things that you're um, excited to see or you're hoping to see at the trade show this year in Las Vegas? Well, I'm excited, uh, first of all, to see all the uh, manufacturers and uh, media and other retailers. I only get to see maybe once or twice a year. Um, it, it's like a big homecoming as well as like the Super Bowl. And I'm also very excited about a lot of these PCA exclusive cigars. I know Pete Johnson has one coming out with Sumatra wrapper. That sounds very exciting. I know Rocky Patel is uh, issuing uh, an ALR that's just available from the uh, show. I think Alec Bradley has one. There's a few other companies that are working on exclusives. So I think last year we got a lot of really cool cigars that were exclusive at the show that uh, were really awesome. You know, like the Padron 95 last year. So it's kind of cool yeah. to, to see those special cigars. And I know Crown Heads will have one. I'm sure Ace Prime will have one. And there's a few other companies. So that that's very exciting. But I think the biggest part is you get to see your friends that you don't get to see very often. And you get to hang out and smoke a cigar with them. And, you know, generally, like I mentioned, when, when you are a retailer, your goal is to make your customers comfortable and to make them the center of attention. And that's the way it should be. I always say the two keys to the cigar shop are make your cigars comfortable with the right temperature and humidity and make your customers comfortable and everything else will take care of itself. But at the trade show, it's an opportunity for the retailers to kind of get taken care of and to see people they don't see very often. You know, you know, how often do you get to see Lito Gomez or how often do you get to see uh, Christian Arroyo? How often do you get to see, you know, George Padron? How often do you get to see Luciano? It's just a, it's a great privilege to spend time with those people. I remember last year, I uh, spent about an hour and a half at the Circle Bar at the Venetian with Michael Herklotz, and he shared with me a lot of great details um, about how to run a cigar store and how to train employees. That was just invaluable, and you can't get that anywhere else. No. It really is. Like you said, it's a it's a homecoming. It's like it's the Super Bowl for the industry. Um, it's a special time. It, it, it's business time. It's work time. But it is all, it's, it's that time for everyone to, to get to catch up with each other and see each other um, and even learn from each other, like you said. And, you know, Michael is you, know, you mentioned Michael Harklotz. I mean, he's another one who's he's been around for a very long time and he knows this industry pretty well. Um, and what he was able to do uh, with with closing down Nat Sherman, taking those trademarks and starting a new company and keeping them alive in the in the window that he did it too during the pandemic. Legendary. I mean. Really? Very impressive. I mean, I'm smoking a Ferio Otego 2021 Elegancia right now. I just, it's one of the best cigars that came on the market last year. Oh, hands down. Hands down. Uh, really, re- really great cigar. The only reason why it didn't make it onto our 2021 list uh, just was uh, the time it came out, it missed the deadline. So it, those cigars will be on the list for 2022, um, hands down. Um at least one of yeah. them, I, I think, is already in the top ten. I mean, it's 
he did, did a fantastic job with those. Yeah, this 2021, this was probably on the 2017 half wolf consensus. Mm. Sorry, inside joke. <laughs> um, so, I, sorry, I was no, going to go say, ahead, go ahead, wait, go ahead. are you going to go into the next? I was. Go okay, ahead. Go on. ahead. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to. I actually just looked at the calendar because I'm like, when is PCA? It's nine weeks away. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What that a great is... time to hand a big check to Cynthia Fuente. Right? Well, is she? I don't think she's going. Didn't you ask her? I don't think she's oh, going. Yeah, I don't know if she's going or not. She doesn't typically go. I don't know. I'd have to find out. Maybe she did pre. Uh, she hasn't been in the you know the past couple of years when we've gone, but. Um, no, but I, I okay. think maybe she. I don't know. I have to find out. Yeah. If not, uh, we'll, we might just have to make a, a a special weekend trip down to Tampa, um, and and hang out with her because I I know she really wants the big check and we want <laughs> it's a great it's a great time it's really fun so and and I have to give credit to Carney for that because he did all that and I didn't even know he was doing it, we uh we were driving. We were driving back to Orlando from Boynton Beach uh, right around this time last year. And because it was about a year ago this week, and we were down there. And he was like, Oh, by the way, when we get to my house, he's like, We got to keep an eye out for UPS. And I was like, Why? And he's like, I ordered like one of those jumbo checks. <laughs> I was like, Like Publishers Clearinghouse? He's like, Yeah. And I was like, For what? And he was like, We're going to give it to Cynthia. It's got the logo and the. I go, Really? He's like, Yeah. I just, I, I just made, I made it up. I had it overnight in my house. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he was like, dude, it's going to be sick. <laughs> he was all excited. I wish I had the photo ready. We could have shared it up on the screen. But um, I I actually, if you go to smokeattobacco.com, or unless you have it. but I can see if I can bring it up. If you go to smokeattobacco.com and you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the homepage, it is down there at the bottom with all of us, with Cynthia and Angela. We're at Grand Cathedral with the check. It was an awesome photo. I mean, you don't need to try to convince me to go to grand cathedral so like <laughs> oh i know it's, it's really not a hard sell if you've never been down there you should go uh if you're in the tampa area uh it's it's a truly an impressive place uh jay it's, it's also time for our top three segment for tonight our top three segment brought to you by room 101 cigars if you watch the smoke and tobacco show eat your vegetables take your vitamins and smoke room 101 um oh, <sighs> oh what happened oh no never mind screen change We're good. um jay Three things, three hobbies of yours outside of the cigar industry that you really enjoy. Now, before you answer, I don't know why. Have you seen Parks and Recreation? I've watched a few episodes. I really like it. You remind me a lot of Ron Swanson, and I don't know why. <laughs> we had this conversation. And I, and I look at you, and I'm like, Jay is, like, really into woodworking. Or meat. Or meat. I'm like, he just strikes me as a Ron Swanson kind of guy. I don't know if it's the beard or I don't know what it is, but you just strike me as a Ron Swanson. But anyway, can I ask the question? I'll let you answer. Well, I don't do it as often as I used to, but I love to read. I was actually one of those few geeks that read Game of Thrones before it was ever a TV show. Huh. And I've always liked fantasy. Um, I really like to um, to read and reread the same things over and over again. So I, I like fantasy shows uh, as well. Um, so you're more of a fiction a, reader. Yes, I think law school did that to me. I, I read so much, so many court decisions in law school that, you know, it's hard for me to read a biography, um, which is kind of funny. I don't read biographies, but I love uh, biographical television shows. Like okay. I just watched 
450 episodes of Etrigal, who uh, which is a show on Netflix that's all in Turkish. And it, it, the subject of it is Etrigal, who was the father of Osman I, who founded the Ottoman Empire, kind of an equivalent to Philip of Macedon, who was the father of Alexander the Great. And, you know, I, I like sort of those stories that, stories that have a historical premise. And then, you know, maybe they elaborate, like, what is the last kingdom that deals with uh, the Alfred the Great in the uh, 10th century? So I, I like shows like that, and I like books like that. Or I like to watch, you know, really boring documentaries that my kids are like, okay, can we stop watching this and watch something else? That That's uh, a big thing for me. Um, I like sports. Um, probably uh, watch uh, basketball the most, but baseball is probably still my favorite sport. I don't know why I'm very patient with it. Uh, there's a lot about baseball that's frustrating, but baseball has always been near and dear to my heart since I was a kid. Uh, so, you know, I guess you just never give up on it. I think my older brother is, he, he says he's done. This last work stoppage was uh, pretty much the, the thing for him that, that did him in. It's too much. And the last thing is, is uh, my church, my wife and I, we spent a lot of time involved in our ministry. Uh, it's called the Way International, and um, you know we've even spent a couple of years doing like missionary type work, and uh, that that's a big part of our lives. Other than that, life is pretty much work and streaming services and spending time with the kids and grandkids. Let me ask you another one, just because we're here and I like to have fun. <laughs> Desert Island, three things. Go. Oh well. The first would definitely be cigars. Yeah, that's a given. <laughs> uh, the second, if you're if you're a fan of the magicians, uh, you know, to be able to grow properly, they, they had this the spell where they were able to grow perfectly cooked bacon, which you know that'd be very cool. Um, and I, I guess the third thing would be you know, unlimited books to read, whether they're regular books or on my Kindle, that'd be fun. So you would sit on the beach on an island, smoking cigars, reading books, and eating the perfect bacon. Absolutely. I remember a few years ago, um, uh, we went to Cuba and one of the guys that went, went with us, uh, who's now passed, his goal was to sit on the beach in Cuba, smoke a cigar, a Hemingway cigar, and read uh, something from Hemingway. And that made his, his week in his life that he was able to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I like, uh, I like sitting on a beach or sitting on a cruise ship. And uh, I like reading and smoking a cigar. I read all the Robert Jordan series that way. The Eye of the World, which Amazon kind of messed up a little bit, but it's still entertaining. You just have to tell yourself it's a different story. <laughs> I, I'm not much of a... I like to read... I don't like to read books. I don't know why. I think it's just my ADD. I can't sit there with a book. But I'll read stuff online, and I always read like a lot of nonfiction stuff. I like historical stuff, things that have happened. I could just get totally like I'll find, you know, articles or I'll, you know, just find, you know, just stuff online and I'll just read about historical stuff or pop culture stuff or, you know, you like documentaries, documentaries. Like I, 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 I do enjoy that stuff a lot, especially when I was younger. Like I, I no interest. And like now I'm just like, oh, man, a good documentary comes on. and I get sucked in or like those like you mentioned Netflix. Netflix has so many of those like those true crime like docu-series. Mm -hmm. And I could, I could burn a whole Sunday watching one of those and not even know it. It's like, whoa, it's already five o'clock. Jesus. Um, yeah, I totally geek out with those. Um, <laughs> like Ken Burns one on baseball. I mean, I love Ken Burns, and 
I don't know to say that's his best, but for me, you know, when you can learn about people like Walter Johnson and Christy Matheson and Onus Wagner, and I just, I love to hear about the, the past. I mean, I, I was a history major in college and my areas of focus were, um, second century Greece, which was basically Philip of Macedonia and Alexander the Great, and then, uh, and then ancient Chinese history. And I, I just love, um, I love history. Um, you know, you, you learn to avoid the mistakes of the future if you look at the past. And I love history. Yeah, it's definitely there. It's, it's something that when I was younger, people would say like, oh, when you get older, you'll appreciate it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And like, as I get older, I'm like, dude, I dig this. It's just so interesting. Like, I could totally geek out with Bear because he's got such a love for history, you know. And uh, I just love to learn about anything. And, it, you know, it could be. You know, like I like Ford versus Ferrari. I mean, you know, oh, I don't need to, to learn about uh, uh, what, what was his name? Why is my brain drawing a blank? It happens when you get older. Um, the guy the show was about, he won Le Mans and then he, he built the car. And, oh, Shelby? Uh, yeah, Shelby, you know, he had like nine wives and uh, or eight wives, something like that. Apparently wasn't a very pleasant person to live with, but you know, something like that. I don't care if it's dealing with Formula One or if it's dealing with um, the Le Mans or if it's dealing with the history of, like I said, the Turkish Empire or if it's dealing with, uh, you know, the history of the Civil War. I, I just love history. I spent a lot of time studying World War II when I was in high school, and I'm just fascinated by uh, those types of things. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I'm a huge car guy and um, you know, Ford guy. Um, Shelby guy. Shelby guy, been the, I've been to Shelby American tons of times. I've I've driven Shelby vehicles. I've taken Shelby vehicles to Shelby American. I'm huge into that, and that story. I love that story. And the thing I love about it too is, you talk to people and you see a Shelby Mustang go by, and you're like, oh, it's a Shelby. And it's like, do you know do you know what do you know why it's so special that his name's on the back of that car? And it goes all the way back to to the '60s. You know when the Americans beat the Italians. I mean that's that's where. The, it's where the legend yeah. really started, you know, and it's 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 cool when you when you know that and you can appreciate that. It's it's, it's more than it's more than what meets the eye. Um, Makes you yeah, appreciate no, Eleanor. It does. It does. You know, you know who Eleanor is, right? Gone in sixty seconds. The Shelby that Nick Cage could never get to work for him, and he was trying to heist it. I got the uh, I got the I actually on my Mustang. I I had to replace the hood the factory hood and I wanted something um, different when I went aftermarket I actually went with the Eleanor I have a fiberglass and it's it's the Eleanor like reverse um, nice. yeah so oh yeah I know Eleanor <laughs> I don't have the salt I don't have the uh, the pepper gray with the black stripes mine's all black but I have the Eleanor hood so and the Eleanor grill the, with the two lights I have that on my car so um, oh yeah I definitely know um, so yeah no I, I, I can totally relate it's it, it, it is it's a good way to pass some time and, and to learn about some fun stuff. But um, here we are getting carried away again. It's always a great time, and it's always such a great conversation with Jay. I feel like we could talk about, you know, anything with Jay. Every time I've ever run into Jay, it's just like when we talk about stuff, just you never know what it's going to be, but it's always a great conversation. Um, before we wrap up, though, Nicole, um, next week we have Lito Gomez of La yes. Flor Dominicana with us. Uh, that'll be very special. So there will not be a uh, celebration episode next Tuesday night. That has now been pushed out two weeks. Um, so, so the 24th. It'll be the 24th of May. Tuesday the 24th. Tuesday yeah. the 24th of May at 7 p.m. 
that is when the raffle will now end and um, that we will announce winners of gifts on that show. We'll have the grand total. Um, I think Cynthia and Carlito are going to are going to be there with us for that episode now. Um, so stay tuned for that. There's also might be some other uh, surprise guests that we welcome onto the show. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. It's going to be a great time. Um, thank you again to everyone who has donated to this cause. Uh, we've talked about it all night. Jay, um, you know, we talked a lot about it too and, and, and provided some more information and, and his experience with it. So Jay, thank you for that. Um, and, uh, so if you, if you didn't know, now you do why this is so special and why we appreciate it so much, why the Newman and Fuente families appreciate it so much. Um, it, it truly is. It's a special cause. So thank you everyone. Again, I can't say it enough. I, I appreciate it. We know that they appreciate it. You guys, you guys saw Carlito on here earlier and, um, he expressed his gratitude for it too. Um, and, and that and that's really it that's that's mostly all we got but jay before we let you go anything else that you want to say anything you want to promote uh the floor is yours um i would just encourage um anyone that's a retailer to go to the pca show and anyone who's a consumer to encourage their their uh, retailers to go uh, the pca does a lot and i don't think it's very much appreciated um, but i don't think people realize that the the ability to smoke a premium cigar is at peril. Um, I don't think since the passage of the Volstead Act in 1920, uh, where there was prohibition against alcohol, that premium cigars have, have faced anything this dire. And I think a lot of people have apathy about it. Um, they don't think that it's real. And it is very real. And what will ultimately happen is if this is not stopped, the ultra wealthy will still be able to get their cigars probably from Europe or someplace else. And regular people will not be able to enjoy uh, premium cigars and premium cigars go back a long time. Uh, when this country was founded, it was founded by colonies and every single colony failed until Jamestown. And the reason that Jamestown succeeded was the cash crop of tobacco. And obviously there were some other things that came out of that that weren't the best for our, the history of our country. But tobacco, tobacco, the history of tobacco and the history of the United States of America is deeply intertwined going back to the 16th century. And that is in peril right now. And I think people should take that very seriously. Don't stay up at night worrying about it, but do what you can do. Speak to your local retailer. If you're a retailer, go to the uh, PCA. If, 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 whether you're a retailer or not, join the CRA. If you are a member of the CRA, I don't care if you're a lifetime member, send them an extra $50. It makes a huge difference. I can guarantee you with the new um, proposed regulations that are coming out with regard to flavored cigars, we're not just talking about vanilla cigars. Have you thought about if you read what the FDA put out, one of, uh, an old process that's been used for hundreds of years back in Cuba was they would take wrapper leaves and put them in large barrels where rum or bourbon uh, was. And... Um, there's an issue based upon what the FDA is saying is that if your cigar doesn't smell like tobacco, I'm not sure what that means, and they think it has some other flavor, maybe imparted by that, that barrel, uh, they're going to argue that that's a flavored cigar. So this is they're not just coming for menthol cigarettes and vanilla cigars. They're coming for your Opus X. They're coming for your Padron. They're coming for many cigars um, that they don't feel... Um, uh, 
smell like tobacco, whatever that means. I mean, we're dealing with the FDA where, I don't know if you guys know this, but if a customer walks in my store and they appear to be under 30, you have to card them. And if it turns out that you don't card someone that appears to be under 30, whatever that means, and let's say they're 22, it's a $3,000 fine for the employee and a three to $5,000 fine for the store. That is the kind of insanity that you're dealing with. It's true. And, you know, and, and it's not about public health, because if the FDA really cared about public health, do you think they would have maybe talked about how many people with diabetes are overweight, like myself, uh, and how many of those people got sick and died from COVID? Uh, so they're not really concerned about public health. They're concerned about doing that which is easy. Um, and it's easy to beat up on the cigar industry because it's small. So that would be my impassioned plea is get involved. And if you're involved, be more involved. Thank you for that, Jay. It couldn't have said it better myself. And it, it's... Uh needed to be said thank you uh it's true it's very important guys we talk about it every week we talk about it on spare notes if you watch the spare notes series jay is always there um you know we joked about it before but you know it, it is and he's and he does provide a, a lot to the conversation there you know for this reason um so you know thank you for always being there jay uh, and someday we'll, we'll get you on that show too because uh, i i know you'll have you'll have a lot to to uh, contribute um but that's going to do it for this week guys this was one hell of a show Thank you for everyone for watching. Thank you everyone listening at home later on the podcast channels. Don't forget to like and subscribe everywhere you can get your podcasts as well as on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Next week, we have the one and only Lito Gomez of La Flor Dominicana. John's boss will be on the show and John won't be here. Um, I know. Imagine that. So we'll get to we'll get to uh, talk to Lito all about what kind of employee John really is, and he won't be here to defend himself, which will be really funny. <laughs> so uh, that'll uh, that'll be really entertaining. So don't forget to tune in for that one. Well, maybe you know, maybe we'll smoke some Andalusian bulls on that show too. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but that's gonna do it. Don't forget to head over to Rally Up. Uh, if you text S M K T A B to eight five five two zero two two one zero zero, that's eight five five two zero two two one zero zero. You'll get a link directly to the fundraiser page where you can make your donations. And with that, we will see you next week. Take care, guys. Bye, everyone. Thank you.